Hello and welcome to my podcast, How I Teach Golf. My name's Duncan Walger and I hope you enjoy the show. So today uh, I'm, I'm staying in Scotland. My last podcast with Rick Valentine was... Uh, was was based basically Rick being in, in Edinburgh at Loretto School. Uh, one of the courses that he actually uses is at Archerfield, where it wasn't planned this way, but Oliver Morton works at. And uh, basically, I've known Ollie for a few years now through when he came and did his uh, plane certification level one. I'm not certain what year it is, but we're 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 trying uh, we're trying to unpack that a little bit, but. Um, <laughs> I'm really interested to get Oliver on the uh, on the podcast purely because uh, he's one of the guys that ever since I've known him, he's always gone out and tried to better himself so that he's got the best information uh, that he can get so he can help his students improve. He, he does some unbelievable stuff with, uh, with junior golf, which uh, I'm looking forward to listening to. And recently been on a, a little bit of a tour um, but basically, I want him to take us through his career, uh, how he got into the game, where he's at now, and any other th- interesting things I can try and get out of him. So, Oliver, how are we, sir? I'm well, Duncan. Yeah, no, thanks for, very much for having me on. And hopefully my journey so far can, I guess, people give some insight and uh, maybe inspire people to kind of get out there and push themselves and get out of the comfort zone. And yeah, yeah, hopefully it's of interest. So how did you get into the game? How did, where did you start? What you know? How did you get into the game of golf? It, I, I came at it from a very weird angle, Duncan. I basically I was I grew up and I was a mad keen cricketer, um, and me and my best mate, you know, I grew up in Sheffield. You know, we we were bored in the winter and wanted something to do. And ironically, you know, the, the golf course was ten minutes down the road. Uh, so, you know, my mate's dad took us down to American golf, got us half a set each. Um, and basically we went over there and, and fortunately the, the local pro at the club was actually Graham Walker. So Graham is, turns oh. out he's, he's like the, you know, lead, lead England coach. Uh, so, I mean, you couldn't wish for a better person to give you an intro into the game. Oh, um, fantastic. And it was, you know, and so we took it from there. You know, we 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 went. It was purely social, um, and everyone told me, "Oh, golf's going to take over your cricket." And I was like, "Ah, no chance." Um, yeah, and it, <laughs> and, and it really did. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just yeah, weird how it worked out. So then that led to um, basically my dad sit me down about six months later, saying, "Look, Ollie, what you're going to do with your life?" Um, and then I just said, you know, I'd, I'd got this passion for the game. And I'm like, look, I, I think I want to go pro with my golf dad. And uh, him being an engineer, he kind of turned white. Uh, <laughs> he was desperate, you know, you know, why don't you choose a proper job? You know, um, you know, but basically, yeah, I, mean, I just really got the passion. Um, I was I was very fortunate. I got good fairly quickly because um, I played lots of different sports growing up, uh, obviously with my cricket and rugby and skied and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And then really when it came to, you know, around the time for exams, I wasn't the best academically. I, you know, I, I, I was all right. I wasn't really that into studying. Sport was my thing. And uh, I just really, I, I identified all the unis that I might want to go and maybe, you know, develop myself, you know, within education as well as my game. And the only place I applied to was Stirling Uni. Um, so it yeah. was either, either there or, you know, 
maybe turn assistant at the, you know at the, the you know, Hillsborough where I grew up. Um, fortunately, I scraped through. I got you know a B in two C's in my GCA in my in my A levels, and then uh, you know I got a place there and um, came up to Scotland. Had four amazing years there, you know. So I was I was mainly second team at Sterling, uh, but the talent pool that we had. I mean, Richie Ramsey was my peer group, uh, yeah. Jamie McCleary. And lots of other guys that were just way better than I was. I mean, I was okay. I was I was off scratch, but um, these guys were something else. And I just got to really kind of learn, develop. My game improved. Um, I didn't actually go home much. I I I was very fortunate that I managed to get a, a membership up at Glen Eagles. So you know that's where I based myself in the summer times. Um, had four amazing years there. Learned loads, and then I was really fortunate. I got my assistant job. At Gullen with Alistair Good. Yeah. Um, I know Alistair. I remember Alistair when he was down at Fox Hill. So that's going back a long time. Yeah. So really, you couldn't you couldn't wish for a better pro to give you a start in the game, a better environment. You know, that's for those that don't know, you know, hosted the Scottish Open last mm-hmm. couple, couple of years. Um, you know, and then from, you know, I was really fortunate that Alistair gave me such a great theoretical schooling really in, in, in everything I was, I, I got named assistant of the year in my second year up in Scotland. Um, but I always felt that because the shop was so busy, it was, it was really important for me to get quite practical. And, and during my training, I got, I linked up with a guy called Alan Martin. Now for, I, I would say that he's the most, Alan is the unspoken hero of Scottish golf coaching really for my generation i would say he's he's actually our our co- you know coach education manager at the moment but yeah I, I, alan really took it upon himself i you know I, I, he i actually went through my level it was my level two um and i'd just been named assistant of the year all this sort of stuff thought i was the bee's knees <laughs> went along to this level two and was not yet competent um when i gave my full swing lesson so Let's say that that really sparked an interest in. Well, hold on here. I, I think I'm good. I've you know, but I'm really not. So, yeah, yeah. Alan took me under his wing. Um, he don't. He actually basically gave up his time once a month. I would go up for the entire day. He'd set up scenarios with me solo or the other guys, other guys in my peer group, and we would just do practical lessons with his guidance. Um, you know, never took a penny. Um, so you know, then from there it led on that, you know, I basically went up with Alan and we went around the Highlands of Scotland going to all these courses that basically didn't have ranges. So, well, hold on, we had to go on the golf course to do our coaching. So <laughs> what a novel idea, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know? Um, so really, you know, that, that's where I, that, that exposed me to, I guess, you know, a, a different way to do it. And, um, you know, you have to be creative and Alan was very, very much, um, you know, he's always pushed the frontier, but in a very, you know, should we say subtle way. He's never been in your face. But yeah, I mean, I still owe Alan a lot. He's, I call him Uncle Al. Um, and I think a lot of guys up here do. You know, he's, you know my story is pretty similar, um, I think, to a lot of guys up here. And I guess from there, uh, I got the opportunity to, to go to Swanston once I qualified. And then, you know, because of Stuart Campbell, and who was the pro there, he... He really was doing a lot of the adult coaching, so the, but the, there was really no junior scene. Um, so then I thought, right, well, let's do a good job with this. But you know, at, at the same time, I was very aware that I wasn't that good. You know, I'd qualified, but I, I needed to get better. So 
Uh, I was really interested in kind of a holistic approach. So I just identified various different people slash companies that did CPD. So TPI, Plain Truth, Stack and Till, um, and then Vision 54 in the end. So I just really thought, well, I, I just went and get, went, got myself educated. Um, all with the kind of the the opportunity at Swanston to really put all these these ideas together in a bit of a melting pot and see see if it worked basically um did you think that working for Alistair and being exposed to the is it the wee wonders yeah yeah that would have do you reckon that planted a seed looking back on it that obviously he had these massive days massive events and obviously used to come down to the world match play at Wentworth mm. um do you think looking back on it or reflecting back on it with Alan and with Alistair that 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 might have shaped you a little bit that although it was there wasn't anything for you to do at, at, uh, at the location you were at, mm. you kind of already had the skill set within you to be able to produce what you ended up producing. I think so. Yeah, I think that, you know, overall, I wouldn't say the junior spark was lit there, but I think that what Alistair did was very, very much showed me how to basically facilitate something as big as We Wonders at the time. Um, yeah. And it was, I was fortunate that, you know, we, I, I was working there when we had the US Kids European Championship, the first one, okay. first two actually. So, you know, that that showed really what, what it took, you know, and, and his dedication, you know, he was there well into the wee hours, you know, you know, just, just what it took to host these sorts of events. And it, it also showed me, I guess, you know, you, you can you can do your adult coaching, but the the market, if you will, that uh, that's out there for junior coaching, that kind of showed me on a business front, but also the fact that hold on, if you do a good job here, then you know uh, you, you could have a really tidy little business as well as maybe shape you know the way in which you know uh, coaching is 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 done, and also expose a new generation to. Um, to some, some maybe some better practices, um, and ultimately yeah. to make them lifelong golfers who you know, hopefully they get pretty good and they might take me out and tour. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think the opportunity at Swanston really that spot that was Stuart Campbell and um, and then the, I, I also I think the, the freedom that Swanston gave me and Stuart gave me to really explore my ideas, create my own brand, um, and educate myself. I really. My hands weren't tied there. I'd got a fantastic location to really put these ideas together. So it was a, it's all these little things coming together. You know, I guess my passion and desire to get better and, and improve uh, and do a better job. Um, plus, with the opportunity, I mean, it, it's I, looking back now, I think that's pretty rare. Um, so I, I owe a lot to all these guys. And then after, how long were you at Swanston? How long? Uh, ooh. Five years, I think I was there off the top of my head. I, I, I don't have the exact number, but yeah, I think five years. So, And I know that you got yourself, like you said, uh, you, you were a lot of certifications. You, you, did, uh, you attended a lot of seminars. You grew your knowledge base and everything else. And uh, I want to unpack it a little bit because mm -hmm. um, I know you had a, an opportunity and actually did make the move to work out in the States. Mm -hmm. uh, how did that actually come about? Uh, well, it, it came about because... The, one of the one of the CPD courses that I attended was was Pierre Nilsson Lynn Marriott's Vision Fifty Four. It's called Coach Fifty Four, so it's a three day training course that exposes you to, in essence, their essential playing skills, their philosophy on how to how to coach 
the 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 performance state of a player. So if you imagine, we we get a lot of technical uh, CPD information, but you know we've got two key elements really that go into performance. You've got your performance state or self control, and then you've got in essence ball control, which is or, or skills. So your skills and your state equal your performance. So you know, Pierre and Lynn, you know, for me are, are two of the best. Um, you know, at that. Uh, and then when I did that course, it really sparked a relationship with them. Uh, we then took it forward. I, I hosted them in the UK. Uh, we did a lot of collaboration work. And then, you know, it really led to the point when at their home base in Talking Stick, uh, they got an opportunity with Henry Brunton and Rick Jensen to essentially form a junior academy called Gen Next. Um, Henry asked Pierre and Lynn, you know, who they thought might be good for the job and, I was that man. They they put me forward, and then Henry, um, you know, basically, we had a chat. Henry thought, you know, well, if Pierre and Lynn think I'm any good, then I'm the man. And then, yeah, that was us. Four months later, I was living in Scottsdale. <laughs> so, uh, I've been to Talk Stick. We had one of our Plain Truth um, summits mm-hmm. there actually last year in 2017. Yeah, you know, awesome facility. Yeah, um, Just- yeah. Oh, it's. It's it's incredible, and uh, to be honest, the, the 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 GM there, Steve. I mean, the, the whole thing is brilliant. You know, the way it's because it's obviously on tribal land, so uh, there's some amazing harmony there between Pierre and Lynn and Steve. It's just an incredible place. It really is. And so you ended up out there for how long? I was out there in, in essence around about a year. Um, yeah. So all in all, um, it was it was it was a really good learning experience. Uh, you know, Henry got me out there, so I learned a lot from Henry, Pierre, and Lynn. Um, but the, what I, what eventually happened was the fact that there was, in in essence, the uh, the the philosophy between say Pierre and Lynn and Henry um, was, should we say, you know, that the synergy wasn't quite there. So uh-huh. Henry decided to go right. Well, you know, we'll 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 head that. We'll head, he took it. He took Jen next down to Florida, um, okay. and then we were going to set something up with Pierre and Lynn in Scottsdale, but. In essence, I got the opportunity at Archerfield, so I contacted um, Stuart, the director of golf at, um, at Archerfield, to basically say, "Look, have you got anybody um, running your junior camps? Uh, I'm coming back for the summer." Um, and he actually, he actually, you know, got back and said, "Yeah, Ollie, well, actually, we don't have anybody. You know, Ross, our 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 custom fit guy, tends to do them, but he, you know, kind of gets in the way of his custom fit business." Um, so um, what we're what we're looking for is we're looking for someone to do the juniors, but we've just installed a gear system. Yeah. Um, now at the time, you know, Archerfield was the was it was actually a world first. It was the, the it was the first one outside of the oven to be a Nike performance well, performance fitting um, center. So uh, it was essentially the custom fit headquarters for 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 Nike Europe. Um, so Nike and Archerfield installed this gear system, but they didn't have anyone to run it. <laughs> so uh, fortunately, with my background of, you know, I did with through my TPI stuff as well as my junior stuff, I'd done a lot of 3D. I'd owned several K-Vests, uh, you know, assisted Stevie Gallagher in his Ryder Cup campaign run. So I'd got some good experience. So I'd got this dual role of helping Nike and Archerfield set up this gears business as well as have the junior stuff going. Uh, arguably, well, it's, it's a little bit biased, but we think it's the finest, um, finest performance center in in Europe. I think we're uh, that's that's not our words. That was the, the one of the top 
top guys at Ping um, kindly gave us that quote. So it was, it was a, an amazing facility uh, with an incredible opportunity even then. Um, so kind of came back. My wife stayed in the UK because we weren't sure how U- the US was going to pan out. Yeah. Um, and then uh, when I came back, you know, bags were packed. You know, well, I had, sorry, I had, a, I had a really good summer there. Really enjoyed it. Bags were packed, ready to go pretty much back to Scottsdale. And then there was actually, it was the week of the Paul Laurie match play, which is a European match play tour event um, 2016. Um, Nike announced that they were pulling the plug on equipment. Yeah. So, uh, in essence, that Monday night of that tournament, we were left with basically a blank canvas. Um, for what is now the Archerfield Performance Centre, plus you know an, an un, you know complete blank canvas for me to build my little business for the juniors in 3D. So you know it, it, it the decision was made. I thought, well, you know what, let's take this opportunity. East Lothian, Scotland, um, year-round coaching facility, um, an amazing opportunity. It just seemed to make sense to to take take that opportunity and run with it. Um, even though America was great. So it was always like, (laughs) there was too many good options really, which is, I guess, unusual to to choose, but I chose to kind of stay at Archerfield and and grow things there. Brilliant. So talk me through both kind of both roles or both aspects. I'm sure they intertwine in in, many junctions, but if, for instance, if you've got an adult golfer, male or female, interested in 3D or uh, coming up to experience all the wonderful courses that you have around you. Mm-hmm. How does how how does someone book a session with you on gears? What does that entail? And kind of what 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 do you do in in one of those sessions? Well, I, I guess you know the best way I could describe one of those sessions Doug, is, is is in essence it's it, it's a really good first step for analysis. So. It uh, typically takes a couple of hours. Um, we can we can do it in less time. It just depends how we go through it. So, in essence, the the best way to think of it is if you if you're coming in, you really want to know through the technical lens, you know what is what's causing my ball to do what it's doing. So, I in essence we use the you know with with the gears session. It's gears 3D, which helps us look at how the body's moving. It then we then also combine that with TrackMan and the Sam Balance Lab. So we get to see how someone uses the ground and then also uh, how the ball's flying and then gears also gives us really good club data. So I essentially uh, do a TPI physical screen so we see how your body likes to move and match any technical advice to that Um, and then also analyse technically around, um, you know, what the intention of that session might be. So there's so much data there that it's really important to kind of really get clear initially on what somebody's looking for. So say if they're looking to hit it further uh, or they're coming in with a bit of pain or they're, they're just really not sure what's going wrong, um, we can basically tell and see through the software and, and kind of my expertise that, okay, well, it's your clubs that are the issue or, okay, well, physically you're struggling with this this technical move that you've been trying to achieve. So it, it really kind of comes back to that. It's a very, very you know, global view of your game honed around yeah. an intention. And then uh, we can then tailor a training program or down the road, which, you know, it could be coaching, could be a custom fit session. Cause if your drivers all over the place, it, you know, it really is, you know, so then we build a plan around that. And, and really for me, say if I'm really coaching 
somebody I would get on the golf course with them ASAP. Um, I might even do that golf course session before a gear session, but um, okay. I would start with you know on course watch and play, or we'd start with gears, especially in the winter. It's you know we're you know it's not a bad place to start if it's set. Uh, we're having to deal with the Scottish weather, <laughs> so. I mean, I like what you said with regards to the golf clubs, you know, the gear system being able to tell you exactly what's happening with the golf club. Mm -hmm. And Michael, you know, we both know Michael Neff quite well. And um, Michael, I always remember Michael saying, it's, you just want to make sure that the golf club's not hurting them. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're not fighting against the golf club. Um, and I think it's the only system in the in, out there, or there's a couple that basically gives you you know, all the body data as well as the club data. So you can, you can absolutely find out exactly how they're delivering the club, why they're delivering it in the way that they are. Um, and then you can, like you said, it's creating a certain ball flight and you can, you say the ball's going there because the club's doing that. And the way that the club's doing that is because of this, that and the other. And we can, it's a really good, it's an unbelievable analysis tool uh, and it gets you to a great starting point oh yeah i'm absolutely i mean the, i guess the best way to think of it is we've got you've got a triangle you've got your physical kit capacity at the top then at the bottom you've got your your motor skill or your or your technique and then you've also got the equipment that you're using and all of these elements really do influence each other you can't isolate one you know so typically say if somebody's clubs are too flat or the shafts are too soft you're going to probably mm -hmm. see quite a quick release pattern. You know, somebody's going to roll their wrist and try and square the face a bit quicker. So they're going to compensate for the club. So, um, you know, my advice, I mean, it's kind of chicken and the egg, but, you know, I always think, well, if the equipment's not right, you need to get that sorted and then maybe look at your technique because you're going to implicitly or subconsciously react and adapt to the equipment that you're using. I mean, if you've ever, I don't know, you know, any, anybody out there is, if you're lucky enough to, you know a tour player or see a tour player, just give them like a lady shaft and within three balls, they'll figure out how to get the job done. But that might not be optimal for them to play the best. So, yeah. you know, players will figure it out. But, you know, if you can and, and golf, you know, isn't the cheapest sport to get into. But I always think that just through experience now and using the gear system that, you know, get the clubs you know, where you want them to be and, and set them up so you can adapt them. So like forged heads, things like that, you can be quite cute. Cause so then you can, you know, customize as you develop. I think that would be kind of my, you know, big thing that I've learned over the last few years of using gears. And what, um, do you generally see any, um, through gears using it as much as you do, do you see any kind of myths or misconceptions around, uh, golf clubs? Uh, I would say, yeah, I mean, golf clubs, I think one of the one of the big things that I would highlight is that, you know, is remembering where the center of gravity might be. It might not be at the middle. It might be closer towards the heel. Um, I think that's that's one thing that I've picked up on. Um, and, and I guess, I mean, in terms of equipment, it, the, the equipment side isn't really my forte, um, to be honest. But, you know, what I what I think people need to recognize is that you know getting you know year on year all these massive gains in distance i'm not really seeing that to that extent you know 10 20 percent you know you, it's closer to maybe one two percent every year so um you don't always need to be investing in the newest equipment i know equipment manufacturers I'm, i apologize but uh 
it's you maybe don't need to invest in equipment every year to 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 get you know to potentially improve i think that knowing where your equipment is and then seeing if you know the modern equipment helps you know is great but you you might not see the you know potential gains that's advertised um you know, again, might not, might not, might, might, might be in the bad books from the equipment manufacturers there, but it's, uh, you know, just, you know, my job when people come and see me, it's for a bit of candor, a bit of honest advice, um, you know, making sure that they're going down the, the absolute best road to optimize their performance. So you've, let's say, let's say you've, um, you've had a gear session first, you've done the TPI screen and you've got someone, do, do you typically get someone who will come in for two or three days or will they come back after two or three weeks? What, what sort of gap in between sessions uh, do you tend to see? Well, I, I, I very much make it bespoke around, you know, somebody's, somebody's lifestyle. You know, it depends, you yeah. know, if they're, a, if they're a mad keen golfer or looking to play professionally, I might, you know, I might set up a training program where they come back every other week. Um, we create a practice plan around that. So there's tasks. So it's, it's, it's more of a holistic plan, if you will, than just technical um but then also i you know i, I might see somebody that um you know they're, they're recreational they, they may be not you know maybe not a member of a golf club you know i would advise them to come back in six weeks time because that's that's life you know they, they maybe get to the range once or twice a week they might play once or twice a week so it's, it's very much tailored to the individual and their lifestyle and what they're trying to get out of it so um you know, I, I wouldn't typically have a gear session with somebody every two weeks. It would be, you know, I might baseline. So we'd, we'd maybe have a gear session this time of year and then maybe get them back in quarterly or six monthly to essentially see what what what, what changes might have occurred. Um, yeah. But, you know, in between, we would use other measures. So we'd use skill t- you know, skills assessments, if you will, on-course stats, um, a bit of practice plan feedback, uh, you know, and, and, and sessions, you know, using Trackman, Sam Balance Lab and, and just set some parameters there so we can keep tracking, keep assessing as we as we go, you know, and, and adapt that plan um, around, I guess, what their intentions, their lifestyle. Uh, so, it's, yeah, it's very much bespoke. It's not a, for me, not a one size fits all. And then how does that kind of develop or how does that go? Hand in glove, as it were, with your with your with your junior sessions and your junior development? Um, essentially, because what what age do your do, do the the kids start with you at? So I, I I start the juniors at you know girls at four, boys at five, and then we go up to eighteen. So in essence, I've got three three classes. So uh, got the five to eight year olds, roughly. You know, um, that's that's called the Discover class. So uh, I would do that on a Saturday morning. Um, group group size is eight for that. Was well, eight in each age group. Um, then we've got the um, explore class, which is the um, eight to twelve year olds. And then that's I do that on a on a Saturday afternoon. And then we've got the uh, the challenge class I call them. So that's the thirteen to eighteen year olds. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, yeah, eight per group. So it's not a big program like I had at Swanston. It's it's a bit more in depth. So that that's set. That's basically scheduled around term time um and that's really where i get to play around my philosophies and 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 experiment if you will with a lot of the stuff that i'm continually trying to learn so that's where we look at 
I, I like to think of it as I'm, I create a performance environment or a development environment um, as opposed to coaching there. So I'm, I'm really getting each age group to do different tasks, different games through a station-based system um, where we're looking at, you know, it might be a skill-based thing like distance or we might be looking at things like post-shot reactions or um, how you can get into, you know, a really good sensory state when you're hitting golf balls. So, um, and I just really, you know, it's it's loads of fun because I get my whiteboard out. Um, even the juniors can set what the goal is for the day. They can get, we can collaborate on the structure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I just love the junior side of things because it helps me explore and challenge my kind of coaching philosophy as well as, I mean, yeah, it's just have loads of fun with these guys and get to hang out and pretend I'm, uh, Pretend, pretend I'm cool again, <laughs> even if I ever was. So, um, but you, yeah. you do that. It, so you do that kind of. I don't want to call it a classroom environment because I know it's not. Mm. But you'll be in the performance centre and out on the golf course. Or how does it? How does it mix up? How does? Because I know that obviously the weather's a big factor in what you can and what uh, what you can't achieve. Yeah. But an ideal mix for you is what? Well, we would uh, ideal mix is we'd have the first session we get straight out in the golf course. Because, you know, the, the first session, you know, say spring or summer, we get out there and, and Archerfield are, are amazing at supporting us and getting out there. So the, the reason being is when I was a kid, I would go to rugby training and I'd endure the 50 minutes of skills and drills to get the 10 minute game at the end. So, you yeah. know, it's, so get out in the golf course. This is what it's all about, guys. This is where we want to be. You know, let's so I can then see where they are. We do, you know, really simple alternate shot format so we can get loads of holes in. Um, if it's the really young ones, we might take a tennis ball out there or a football and just see how many kicks it takes us to get onto the green. So that way they're not getting frustrated if the skill level's not quite there. Um, then the older ones, we would, you know, obviously they get into play. So we'd, you would set up a bit of fun format, maybe do uh, get a scorecard in their hands if they're. You know, if they're if they're if they're a bit more competitive, they're at that stage. Um, what jump in? Uh, what sort of length of holes or course are they playing? So what I do is is that with that with that um, with that structure, I actually get them to decide where we start the hole. So hey. in S, so what that does is that then t- that shows me one where they're they maybe they're, they're they're comfortable, but two also as we progress, we can show, you know, an improvement in performance because we just tee it further back. Um, so as we go, but typically, um, say if I'm going at a ballpark, if we just pick, say, a 10-year-old, I would yep. I would not have a par, say if we build it up from a par three. Par three maximum would be 150. Yeah. Um, par four would be maximum 350 yards and then par five, 450 um that's that's kind of top end but um just as a whole guide but i very much just get the get the juniors to just say right guys where do you want to start this hole where where do you want to go now do you want to challenge yourself or do you want to um or do you want to go a bit more comfort zone because then that way that they're, they're not feeling intimidated um you know between holes uh or the length of the hole doesn't you know it, you know it is accommodating for them individually um as opposed to having, say, a, an, an external constraint from me, so that's I've just found that 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 works really well. Cool. Sorry, sorry to like to really cut in there. So you've got the you get out on the golf course in the first session, 
different lengths of holes, um, which either yourself or, you know, you'll have a discussion around. And then is there any emphasis with regards to on par? Because I remember a lot of the stuff um, that you've re- that I've read or you, you probably have read as well. Sometimes we hear about junior coaching that the par could be eight so that they can get to three, four, five, six under par and feel comfortable doing that. The US kids um, idea as well of, you know, that they're not hitting hybrids and three woods into all of the greens that they're going to be they're playing an appropriate length course so they can get used to uh holes that they can score on as well so there'll be some that are they are hitting longer irons in but there's also some wedge holes into into greens and bits and pieces like that how how did you come about to your kind of your constraints or your philosophy with that because there's so much information out there. yeah i mean i i, I was really lucky don't that with, with the one of the one of the people I met doing Pierre and Lynn's course uh, was a guy called Rudy. Now I, this is kind of it's quite quite a funny story. So at, at lunch on day one, I got to sit next to Rudy. So yeah. I, I didn't know who Rudy was, and <laughs> I, I, you know, and, and I guess you know people can probably pick up on the fact I like to talk. So <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sat down, you know, we're having a lunch, and I'm just going, you know, hell for leather about what I'm doing with the juniors. I'm spouting, you know, waxing lyrical and. Rudy sits real nice and quiet and takes it all in and, you know, and, and that was really it. So I, I finished my monologue uh, that lunch and then we go back to the seminar. <laughs> so so we, we sat in the, you know, the topic of juniors come up and I think, oh, here we go. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I, this is this is something I know about here. So Pia basically gets up and starts talking about it. And she's OK. So, uh, Rudy, can you tell us what you did with Tiger? <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. I, no, <laughs> I, I've I've just monologued to the guy that coached Tiger from four to eleven. So it's like <laughs> the guy that basically you know has written the book on it. Literally, I've just so so Rudy then went on to tell us all about what he did with Tiger. Which you know the th- the the story that really resonated with me was he said that when Tiger was five ish, I can't remember the exact age, but he said you know. He advised Tiger to, you know, he had, well, Tiger had a split grip, so his hands were apart. Mm. But whenever Rudy told him to put his hands together, he, Tiger hit the ball worse. So Rudy went, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to, we'll not do that. Let's go out on the golf course. So Rudy went out with Tiger on the golf course, got him to hit under benches, over benches, round trees, skim it over water. So, you know, this, this, that, that kind of conversation really sparked like, I guess, you know, opened up a whole new world to me. It's like, I've been kind of doing this all wrong. Yeah. That, you know, I really need to actually flip this whole thing on its head um, and use the golf course. So Rudy then went on to tell us about this, you know, what, you know, personal par is something that Tiger did. So um, Tiger would go out initially and then, you know, be off the forward tees, but, you know, he would, get a score for a hole. So, all right, that now becomes personal par. So next time you play it, you're trying to beat that. Um, mm. But then he also said that, I mean, just, just some kids like to hit, like they like to score against par. So that, yep. so you can do personal par. So get them to go, right, right, this is your PB, you know, personal best on this hole, or you can tee it forward. Um, and I guess it's really down to which format engages that player you know, in, 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 in learning and, and wanting to take it forward. So both work, it's really just, you know, 
suck it and see, see which one sticks for that individual. So, um, yeah, so I, I was very fortunate that I, I got to pretty much learn from the best uh, once, I, once I shut up and started listening, you know. <laughs> so. so so you've done you've done the golf course session one, mm-hmm. you've kind of assessed where they are and bits and pieces. So then what, what, what happens after that? What happens in the coming weeks? So Yeah, so I guess then what I would do is I would shape the program about the needs of the individuals in it for that block. So... Um, if we need to do a bit of technical work, then we will do. So we'll have a few weeks. So we'll, I create a bit of a structure around that. Um, if we need to center more, you know, on kind of harnessing some playing skills. So I would do the vision 54 stuff, um, with, with them and, and shape the shape, basically the, the, the program around the people that are involved, um, uh, at that moment, you know, around my philosophy. So I know that there's certain things we need to certain boxes to tick but it's very much driven by where these individuals are in front of me for that given set you know six to eight weeks because some of the juniors might be only involved for the six to eight weeks so you know say for instance uh some of the juniors are really really keen on their rugby and and football so this time of year they might not be in the program so they'll maybe you know that they'll maybe drop out so i need to really kind of focus on the people that are there for that set time so it would be a, a mixture of challenges. Uh, so it's very much game based. So, you know, I, I just I, I, I might even let them create games. I might just leave a bag of tricks by the putting green and say, right, guys, the distance, you know, distance is our theme today. Come up with a distance game. So they get the cones out the So they get really creative, which in turn, they're probably going to come up with a game, a better game than I would. So then, you know, I usually just basically steal their game idea and put it in my library of games to use maybe down the road. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, very much kind of, you know, using, using games to effectively, you know, get them to well, basically see if we can get some implicit learning initially. So we get them to start to learn through that environment. But then if we need to get, they need a bit more structure and a bit more help from me, then that's where I would go in and give them a bit of guidance. But you know, I very much allow them to perform first and then we let these coaching moments emerge through playing these games. Um, so not only does it facilitate their learning, but it also, it's just way more fun than them having to listen to me talk all the time, um, yeah. you know, because they get that at school, you know. So, you know, that's, you know, they'll they'll have teachers telling them what to do. I want them to feel as though it's playtime with me and, and having, having loads of fun and, um, you know, because I think that as a coach, if I'm, you know, if, if, they, have, if they have that different approach from me, then I, one thing I do find is that trust gets built pretty quickly. If I talk to the juniors as as a peer, almost as someone is yep. guiding them, you know, it's amazing how, you know, you develop that trust um, and that kind of long term relationship with them, which is really cool because, you know, there's some juniors that I was coaching at Swanston that I'm, I'm not, not coaching them anymore, but, um, you know, they've come back and they've said just how much they really enjoyed my, the time with me and they, they still tell me how they get on and they really value it. So they, it's, it's pretty cool that it transcends golf performance. It goes into a point where, you know, you know, you know, you, you develop a form, I wouldn't call it a friendship, but, um, you develop that kind of mentor, um, that mentor relationship, which is really quite nice because I guess, you know, you, if you're passionate about a game like golf and you, you feel like you're passionate, passing that on, um, I think that's that's pretty cool. And then do they get um, do they have like a folder or is there an app that you use or how do you record their their progress, as it were, 
do you see that more as your role to see how they're progressing? Because I'm trying to work out how the the kind of interaction with the parents mm-hmm. are. Do the parents watch um, the the sessions? Do they get involved in the sessions? Kind of how does that work? So I, I use a really high-tech piece of equipment don't call the notebook, yeah. no, notebook. <laughs> so wow. <laughs> so I, you know, I, you know, for a guy who loves his tech, I'm, I'm old school yeah. because, you know, that the, what I do is so uh, a couple of the boys in the challenge class, uh, I actually bought them a nice moleskin A5 notebook. Yeah. So I said, look, guys, and I, I wrote a little inscription on the side, you know, like, you know, it, it was, I, I, you know whatever, whatever I'd, I'd come across or whatever kind of resonates. So, you know, you know, a learning opportunity, a reflect, or a, should we say a, an experience without reflection is a learning opportunity missed. So mm-hmm. we start early with, so the, so the boys will get a notebook and then we'll have a session and I'll just say, look, guys, you, you note down anything that you learned today. So it, it could be absolutely anything, you know, what was good, what might have been negative. There's a little bit of a rule that I have there that you need three positives to one negative if there's something that you yep. felt you needed to work on. Um, but I get them to write that down. And because I could provide screencasts and and loads of you know apps, but the the thing there is, I'm the guy doing the learning. You know mm. what what I I learned from Pierre and Lynn and what they what they've done with their players is is effectively, you know, you want someone to be self referencing, self regulating, and self aware. So, you know, golf is a unique sport that we can't stand on the sidelines and coach someone and tell them what to do. That they have to. They have to take control of their performance. So the sooner we can, I can develop those skills or help, should we say, I can't, I can't give them that, but, you know, help a junior develop those skills through reflection slash note-taking, um, the better. So for the really young juniors, we just use the whiteboard. So we just say, okay, gang, what did we learn? So it might be one thing. So then as they get older, so that might be a group thing. Plus the nice thing with that is they get used to speaking and public speaking in front of each other. Um, which is quite nice if they're ever in a position where they need to do interviews. Um, So then it's a collaborative thing. And then as we progress, as they get older, they've started to harness some of these kind of reflective skills. And then that's where we give them the notebook um, and they take it from there. So um, I can facilitate and I might send them a trap man reports or I might do a screencast if they're at the stage where we do gears. But it starts with that notebook and then I can flesh it out with, uh, maybe if we're doing some evaluation skills testing and stuff like that, but um, they, I, I, I put them in the driving seat of, um, you know, of all that stuff. And then, as a, as a parent, they can look at that and say, "Well, you know, little Johnny's got a, a notebook and he's eleven and he's actually journaling." Which, I mean, I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, do the parents are the parents allowed to watch the sessions or be involved in the sessions? How does that work? I, I don't have any restrictions or rules there, but I, I just basically I I advise them and say, "Look, we probably get more done if you don't hang around." Um, yeah. Purely because the juniors tend to open up a little bit more. They they, they free it up. They, they what, what I find with parents is is whether you know it's not a, a fault of any parent is that they're always juniors are really keen to play perform well so they're always in like perform mode whereas mm. what i need them to be in when they're with me is learn mode so it's okay to top it and make mistakes and give answers that might not be right in in in, in some way so you know it, 
I tend to find that that really facilitates their learning if their parents aren't around. Um, yep. And then I can feed back, you know, have a chat with how they're getting on. Uh, I can illustrate with maybe video or technical stuff. But the, the most powerful thing is, is, you know, the juniors go home with a notebook full of stuff or the little ones basically say to the parents what they learned that day, which, you know, in essence, I've just got two nice golden questions, I call them at the end. Okay, so, okay, everyone, you know, give me a score out of 10 for how much fun we had today and two, what did you learn? Um, Because if we're having fun and we're learning something, I I think I'm doing my job. So, um, yeah, that's the long, the long, the long version of the answer. (laughs) No, that's great. And, you know, so I just wanted to try and unpack that as much as I could to try and, um, you know, picking your brain as much as uh, as much as you not regurgitating, but, you know, just telling us what uh, what we're doing, mm-hmm. you know, what you're doing when you're up there. Now, I know that um, I know that you're busy as well. But I've tried to get you on here a few times <laughs> um, and you've just been on your travels. Yes. So, I know that you're learning, same as my learning and lots of other people that I've had on the podcast. We don't, we, we're still trying to learn, still trying to get better every day. So what, does, what has Oliver been, been up to in his continual development uh, up until this day? And what, what, what have you got planned coming forward? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess, I, you know, I've just had, I've just, I've just literally a week or so ago come back off the inaugural Alta study tour. So, um, did you, how did you get onto that? I don't know. Don't, I mean, it's, <laughs> I've got no idea why I got the invite. Um, it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, maybe, you know, that's one thing. So, so Altus that be people that maybe don't know what, what Altus is or who Altus is. Altus is a company, is a coaching company based in, uh, Texas and, and in Paris that was, was created by Cameron McCormack, who's Jordan Spieth's coach, and Corey Lundberg. So Corey, it, it, it's quite a, quite a unique way that I, I know these guys. So before I went out to the tour, my only real interaction with, with Cameron was, was through Twitter and Facebook. So when I launched my website, which was the Leading Edge Golf mm. Company, um, Cameron was one of the first guys to basically just send me a note on Twitter saying, Love this. Keep up the great work. Um, so it's like, you know, it's pretty cool that, I mean, you know, that's, I'm like, holy smokes, that's Jordan Spieth's coach, you know, and he's saying it's good. I must be onto something here. So, um, you know, from there we've had interactions. And then, but Corey, I actually met when I was assisting Pierre and Lynn at one of their golf schools. So Corey came along to one of the other coaching courses and we kind of got to know each other a little bit there. And, and he then developed a relationship with Cameron uh, whilst he was doing his stuff with Matt Wilson with the Curious Coaches, they wrote their great book, um, which I, you know, I'd thoroughly recommend to everybody as well. And then, um, you know, they they formed this Altus, and then I think off the back of that, the guys knew the Cricket Australia um, team who went away, who went on this study tour last year around different facilities, and then Darren and and Cameron and and Corey got their heads together to create their own. Um, so. Yeah, I was one of the guys that got the invite f- for that, which was it was incredible. I mean, I I got to hang out with, I think some of the best coaches you know out there. You know, Mark Blackburn and 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 Matt Wilson, Corey, John Graham. So we got this this cool invite, as well as being on this tour with guys in Aussie Rules football, cricket. So you know there was there was Chris Rogers was there who who opened the batting for cricket for Australia. Um, 
so we'd got this cool, really cool group of 15 guys. Uh, and what we did was we effectively went round. We had two days in Dallas where we went, where we saw the Dallas, we, we, we went to the star Dallas Cowboys. We went to uh, the Dallas stars. We hung out the Texas Rangers. We also did some uh, collaborative stuff for Altus, which is, you know, the Trinity Forest, the Cameron and Corey's home base. Um, and then we, then we jetted off to, to Vegas um, where we got to go to Cirque du Soleil for the day, where we basically learnt how they go about, um, you know, developing their shows as well as their people and personnel. Um, and also we got to go up to the, the UFC Performance Institute and, and, and see that facility. So we, and, and, and one of the really cool things we got to do was hang out with a, with, with a gen, you know, Dr. Wade Gilbert, who mm. he's the coaching doc. So he's written this incredible, um, uh, incredible coaching, but which is, you know, coaching better every season. Um, so, you know, we had effectively a day and a half of really delving into why we're coaching and, and assessing what the principles of coaching are, not so much the practices because we came up from different sports, but what are the principles of really great coaching? What do the best coaches and organizations do um, to best support their players and get and, and really you know, push the envelope, I guess. Um, so that, I guess the whist- that's a whistle stop tour of what we did. I mean, it was incredible, an incredible week. Um, um, and yeah, yeah so that's, that's what I've been doing most recently. On it and or... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I did a little, the flight's 10 hours on the way home. So you get a chunk of work done then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I managed, I managed to decompress, you know, I mean, I, I, I give myself lots of time. So I would, I did a little vlog series, just you know, little videos on on, on my Facebook and Twitter stuff, um, just to just to really f- get me to reflect on each day because we got so much, you know, to to reflect on. Um, so I did that, yeah, and and spent you know spent a lot of time, got got a little notebook and and did reflected on that, and um, yeah, and I think that there's there's some really cool stuff that came from that, and it's pretty deep you know i think that it it was more on why i do what i do and and reconnecting to that um because i think as coaches we can get so lost in the day-to-day activities it's actually okay so why do i do what i do what's the thing that we're going to drive me forward and get me out of bed what's what's the thing that keeps me motivated to get better um so yeah i think that was that was the main thing that i got out of that i think as well as you know there's so much but um can you yeah, just repeat was... those three those three questions, stroke statements again? Because I normally ask, as guest of the day, you get to ask question of the day, which I can get mm-hmm. you to do anyway. But you yeah. know, for me, you just made three really important questions, almost that you could ask yourself on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, and seasonal basis, as as Way Gilbert would 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 put. Mm. But um, can you just do those again for us? Yeah, well, I, I guess uh, I think I'll try and remember. I think I think in essence, what why why do you coach? What's the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, you know, and, and and what what motivates you to do what you do? Um, and I guess I think the, the the other the other questions I would go is you know how are you gonna stay true to that and 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 develop, but also what are you gonna do? Um, I think they're the they're the kind of key questions for me. It's about you know, you know, if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna be a coach and you want to get out of bed in the morning, and you want to get better. Then you know, why do you do what you do? And then, 
how are you going to stay true to that and and what are you going to yep. do to you know what are you going to do to get better and and help your players i guess excellent so again the next 6 to 12 months maybe even 18 months for you uh, oliver have you got any plans or it might, might, in terms of CPD, um, I think the, the biggest thing for me, don't is I'm, I'm 33 now, and I think one thing that I I, I like to see and you know, I'd like to gain in the industry is, is is credibility through the players that I help performing and and, and achieving. So the biggest thing at the, at the moment for me is to keep distilling my practices, almost refine all of what I do, but then really get centered on helping players get better because I think in, in this world with so much, so many avenues, we can put information out there and we, we've got almost, you know, as, as Carl Morris, we put, we're almost drowning in information. But yeah. for me, I want to lead by example. I want to say less, do more um, and help the people that I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm working with achieve what they want to achieve. And in turn that, proves that what I do is has got has got validation um and I think you know I would I would advise any young coach you know that that really is still the number one thing to get get to prioritize because you know if if you want to be successful and have a great reputation then you know think about if you're a 60 year old 70 year old person you're writing your memoirs your autobiography you, you need a story to tell you know, you don't want to regurgitate someone else's story. You know, write your own story. You know, really get some credibility there, and um, you know, it, it, go learn. You know, learn from the best. You know, we've got there's some amazing opportunities where guys like Jim and Chris, you know, are, are playing truth. You know, they're sharing, you know, like decades of experience there, and you can you can buy that for like you know a couple of thousand dollars and 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 get a refined approach. I mean. That's, an, that's a bargain. You don't have to waste 50 years getting it wrong. No. Um, you know, and so you know, there's all these amazing avenues. Take pieces from it. And, and anyone that's coached at the highest levels knows something that's worth knowing. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. So, you know, take those ideas, you know, turn, try them out, turn, turn them into your own principles, and then really kind of get in the trenches and go for it. Um, so that's where that's where I am at the moment. You know, I'm I'm really you know wanting to get in the trenches, apply apply some of the principles that I've I've, I've learned, um, and then develop, keep refining them. But um, you know, learn from uh, from the players that I'm working with. Um, so yeah, that's that's where my head's at at the moment. Um, and then you know, balancing that off with uh, maybe maybe a few seminars because I'm I, I I do like to <laughs> do like to go and, and keep learning. So. That's great. And then how can people get hold of you, uh, Oliver? So uh, drop all your social, uh, your social media outlets. How do, how do we, people get in contact with you to spark some, um, some further conversation? Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyone, I, I guess the easiest way is to just, you know, get on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you know, I've got the same handle, which is change the game 54. Um, so you can, you can get in touch that way. That's probably the easiest. Um, alternatively, you've got, um, my website, which is the leading edge golf company.com. Um, and, and obviously Archerfield. So you can find me through those three different avenues, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of love, love talking about this stuff, love helping people. So yeah, they're, they're probably the, you know, the easiest ways to get in touch and, you know, I'd love, love to hear from people. 
Brilliant. Just just from me, thanks ever so much for coming on. I'm glad we uh, we, we managed to get this done. Um, you know, uh, are you are you going to the PGA show in Orlando? Because if you are, I'd love to catch up. But if you if you're not, I'm sure we'll catch up at some point. I'm I'm not going this year. Don't my my budget was blown in Vegas. There was too much blackjack played. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's you know don't tell my wife. Oh no, uh, no, she's um, no. It's uh, I'm not not planning to go out this year because of going out to to the Altus tour. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, my, my, it's de- definitely on my to do list. Um, I'm hoping to go maybe uh, maybe 2020, but uh, but not this year. So, um... well, I'm sure we'll catch up um, at some point next year uh, at either some conference or you know we'll have another conversation over the phone or or, or whatever we do. But thanks ever so much to, for coming on. I've loved watching you grow. Um, Putting yourself out there, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable is a is a saying that I keep hearing at the moment, and uh, keep using. And I love your passion for the game, improving yourself, and uh, you know, I wish you all success going forwards, and uh, look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks, Dean. Yeah, no, absolute pleasure, and uh, you know, thanks for having me on, and uh, can't wait to do it again soon. Brilliant. Thanks, mate. Speak to you Cheers. soon. Cheers. Bye.